Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Locked on Seminoles. Today is a Max Solo episode. You're welcome. I'm your host, Max, at MaxMoody17 on Twitter. If you want to, I don't know, rebuke some of my opinions, argue with me about stuff, or, you know, whatever your heart may desire, feel free to do it there. Yesterday, you heard Drake and Dave talk about the Clemson game, the game we all were excited for, the game we all watched, and the game we unfortunately lost this weekend. Today, I'm going to give my thoughts on the game as well. I'm going to talk about what I saw, what I take away from that, and what I think that means for the future. So we got a good episode for you today. Again, Max Solo episode. Regardless, make sure y'all go like, share, follow on your podcast app. So our episodes pop up to the top of your queue every single day, Monday through Friday. And if you haven't done it yet, I see the followings growing. Head over to YouTube. You know, hit us with a subscribe, hit that bell to turn on notifications, and you can see our beautiful faces five days a week, plus some bonus content. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, so like I said, I want to start with what I saw during the game. I know everyone's eyes saw it a little bit differently, so I think it's it's important to try to make some sense of it. I listened to our episode yesterday, as you should too, and you know, I, I mostly agree with my co-host, but I kind of want to give my own spin on it. I also want to knock off this overlay that is right in my chin. Again, guys, it's Max underscore Moody, or no underscore, I'm sorry, it's at Max Moody 17 on Twitter. Please go follow me if that is what you would like to do. So what I saw was a team that's getting closer. I'll go ahead and give you all the residual message, the thesis statement, the high-level takeaway, so you can decide if you want to stay here for confirmation bias, if you want to stay here because you're going to totally disagree, or if you just want to tune me out. I saw a team that at the beginning of the season, we were hoping may find a way to five games. And that at the midway point of the season thought, well, I guess that was after North Carolina, but five games in thought, man, we'll be lucky to win two or three. Go out there and hang with a team that has played in every single college football playoff except for the first one. And was only one game away, Florida State, from playing in that original one. Guys, Clemson's a hell of a program. Clemson's a hell of a team. Death Valley is a hell of a place to play. I know we got excited, and I know we got fired up by saying, hey, they're down this year. They've lost a few games. Maybe we can maybe we can take this one away from them in Death Valley. I was feeling the same way. But we have to be really careful, especially as sports fans, not to let our expectations get conflated with what we want, right, with uh, our desires. So you, you just you can't do that. And it happens. It happens to all of us on Saturday when we got that strip sack and we got in the end zone and then we go out there and we stuff DJ on third down the very next series, I'm thinking, holy cow, we may have done it. And was my heart broken when we lost the game? Absolutely. 100%. But when I digest it and I spend 48 hours ruminating on what we could have done differently or what should have gone our way or how royally screwed we got by the refs, because I think, and I'll talk about this, I guess, in my takeaways, but the, I'm not going to get over that one for a very long time. But I'm excited we get to have that conversation. I genuinely am. 
I, I frankly, at the beginning of the year, didn't think we'd be having this conversation after the Clemson game. And here we are. So on the field, I think I want to address play calling first. There's been a lot of back and forth within the fan base of, was it bad play calling? Was it good play calling? Or was it somewhat in the middle? I probably lean towards somewhat in the middle. I think that you had a team with Dylan Gibbons being as banged up as he was, that was highly overmatched in the trenches. I mean, this is a team that gave up 14 points to Georgia, right? This is a team that, even though they've lost three games, doesn't give up a whole heck of a lot of points. And we're a team that relies on the run game. Now, you can try to scheme guys open. You can try to scheme cutback lanes. You can try to scheme different things. But ultimately, you have to be able to block the team in front of you to have success running the football against really good defenses. Because if you watch the game on Saturday, you'll see they just, they're just where they're supposed to be. So I, I, I don't know if this is a real offensive coordinator term, but the slow developing draw plays, dives, read options, zone reads, whatever you want to call them. I'm going to use zone read as my terminology. You know, Jordan Travis has a backer, goes to him, decides, okay, am I pulling it? Am I pulling it or am I not? I know Dave took a lot of issue with those plays. I did in the moment, but as I go back and watch, those are plays where you need to either block or bite one of the guys who is assigned to that backfield. So when Jordan Travis snaps the ball, someone's looking at the quarterback, someone's looking at the running back. What he's doing is reading a guy and saying, okay, does the guy assigned to me either get blocked or bite on the running back, in which case I'm going to take off because my assigned guy isn't going to be able to tackle me and I'm going to get positive yardage. Or does the guy assigned to the running back bite to me or get blocked, meaning the running back has an open running lane. If the answer to both of those are no, it's not going to be positive yardage. Now you may say, Max, well, what about just handing it off quickly, doing a quick dive up the middle? The problem with that is that's a blocker block. If you're going to do a quick dive up the middle, you have to reset the line of scrimmage by moving the guys in front of you back two or three yards and opening up holes for your running back. And I don't think this staff felt confident they had the ability to do that. I also don't think I disagree with them. I think we saw some brilliant play calls. I think that first touchdown was, that's Mike Norvell at his finest. And I wonder, in case you don't remember, that was where we went five wide. Jordan Travis runs up under the center, clear QB sneak, snaps it. I don't even know if he takes a step back, zips it on a screen pass. It gets in the end zone. I love that call. That was, again, kind of what you expect from Mike Norvell. I'm bobbing my head because it's like, I know y'all want to see more of that, right? More scheme. Well, then just scheme them open. But against a defense that plays sound fundamental football, that doesn't keep working. You can only scheme guys open so many times because eventually they're just going to cover everything. You know, you see Mike Norvell, we talked last week, likes the setup plays. I said this in our group chat. When he runs certain plays, he's trying to see, okay, what looks am I getting on that play? And do I think that if I do that same look, but do a different play out of it, I'll be able to exploit that. And if he's not getting the looks, well, he's not going to be able to run that second play out of it successfully, and, and he knows that. I think the, the scheme of, of uh, Lawrence Toffili getting out wide was a great play call. Really well done there. Again, schemed a guy open. Should have been a 30-yard catch and run. He breaks it into a touchdown with some Houdini magic. And folks, I, I challenge you today, or whenever, just have someone you know grab you by the shoulders, spin you around one time, and shove you as hard as they can. And see if you stay on your feet. 
Toa Philly did that and then had the wherewithal to look and go, okay, I'm almost out of bounds, but I might not have gone down, tiptoe along the sidelines and take it into the end zone. I mean, that kid is the, that's just a hell of a heads up play by a guy that we've been pretty critical of this year. So it was great to see that. Other things I saw was a team not quit. I know for you betters, you gamblers out there, maybe you had Florida State plus nine and a half. That last play just, oh, yikes, not fun. But trying that kind of backyard hook and lateral BS, do you want to be in that situation? No. But they tried till the final whistle. That defense went out there with what? Maybe two minutes left, a minute 50 left, and they got a three and out to force a punt to even give us a chance to run that play. Team played four quarters, and they got beat. Now, do I think they were the better football team? No, absolutely not. Do I think they played above their average more than Clemson did? 100%, but that doesn't mean they were the better team. And folks, part of being a winning program is you're going to lose close games. You know, I think, well, I'll get, I'll get to that in takeaways. And the last thing I saw was, again, a defense that I think was rattled. I don't, I, I think the moment was kind of big. I think when they went out there first play, they stuffed a screen pass. I think it was the second or third play. Jermaine, uh, Fabian Lovett just pummeled DJ Uyunglele. And then they kind of gave up some shots, but then they got their feet under them. And they really, they bent, but they didn't break. They kept responding to adversity. And they kept us in that game. I think Clemson ran 74 plays. I think we ran like 55. So there's a huge play differential there. Got to hand it to the defense for the way they played. The one thing I didn't like, and Dave talked about this yesterday on my behalf, but I, I think it bears mentioning again. We almost, I think, decided we didn't want DJ to beat us with his legs because we thought he couldn't beat us with his arm. And that turned into far too much deference given to DJ in the read option game or the zone read game. When he would put that ball forward, we never crashed on the running back. And, you know, I would have liked to see one guy assigned to DJ and just everyone else collapse on Will Shipley every time that ball gets stuck out there. Now, there's probably things I don't see, but that was the one critical thing I would say with the defense. Secondly, uh, that touchdown we gave up in the corner, I don't want to just bash a player, but I'm with my guys. That was That was atrocious. Shouldn't have given that up. But anyway, overall, look, I think Jordan Travis is coming along. I think he played a great game. I think the running backs, for what they were up against, played a pretty good game. I think the offensive line did the best they could out there. And hey, you lost a heartbreaker in Death Valley. It's not the first time that's happened. Sure as hell isn't going to be the last time that happened. But it was a lot sooner than we expected that to ever happen again, having it happen this year instead of having to wait three or four years until you're in the position to win heartbreakers, or I guess to deliver heartbreakers, or lose heartbreakers up in Death Valley against Clemson. But I'll get to that more in my takeaways. First, I got to tell you all about prize picks. Prize picks is a daily fantasy type thing. I've actually been doing it a lot the past couple of weeks. I've really enjoyed it. Basically, what you do is you draft a, a slate of guys for your team. You can draft three guys. You can draft up to five guys. And each of five guys. And each of them has a prop assigned to them. So for instance, this last week, I had Stetson Bennett was one of my players for Georgia. And it was, um, I think it was over under 187 passing yards. So I took the under. I was wrong on that one because Florida's defense leaked worse than a sieve. And yeah, so 
didn't hit on that. But if all your players hit the, you know, over or under however you pick on their totals, you win some money on your entry. So check out Prize Picks. Make sure you use the promo code Locked On. They'll match your first deposit of up to $100, 100%. So you put in $100, you get $100. Guys, go to the App Store, get Prize Picks. It's fun. It makes you pay attention to little parts of the game that maybe you wouldn't see before. And I don't know. I really enjoy it. So check out Prize Picks now. Download it from the App Store. Use promo code Locked On. And then you'll see me walking around and be like, Max, I'm so glad I downloaded Prize Picks. And you can thank me then. So again, I want to talk takeaways. And like I said, it wasn't perfect. And I'm not saying that you don't have a right to be disappointed because every single person in here listening, by the way, guys, we just hit 51,000 listens since April. So thank you for that. If I don't get a minute at the end, I just want to take a moment and say, y'all rock. I love that you let us do this. But it's not that you don't have the right to be upset about it because you do be pissed off. I was pissed. I, Hey, I'll admit it. I had to pour a nice bourbon drink after not that bottle behind me. Cause that's sealed as you can see, but I just switched from Bud Light to bourbon because I was disappointed. And I was heartbroken, but again, it was progress. Now, was it a huge leap forward? No. Was it a huge step forward? Eh, not really but it wasn't a step backwards. I'll tell you what a step backwards would have been. Last year, every single time we had the opportunity to go out there and beat a team or we'd say, hey, maybe this is the one that'll be close, right? Uh, hey, Louisville, we can hang with them. We just got to shut down 2-2 Atwell. We would go to, we'd go on the field and we would launch someone's Heisman campaign because they would light our defense up. They would make us look like a bunch of middle schoolers out there and it would just be utterly embarrassing. And we'd have to come on the next week and say, okay, well, maybe we can uh, not lose by 30 this week. And then we'd go get blown out by Pitt. You know, we'd go out there and lose 52 to 7 or whatever against Miami. And this is that same team. But you look at where they've grown to. You know, I, I put on Twitter last week, last year they were 108th in total offense. Uh, adjusted, I'm sorry, opponent adjusted offense. Which takes into account your strength of schedule. This year, they're like 45th. I think the defense is sitting in the mid-50s right now. And last year, they were like 120th. So this team has grown a lot. And I think of it like a fire. It's going to be an analogy here. But y'all like this, I promise. Just, just bear with me. We had a big raging bonfire with Jameis. Started to dwindle down. And when, Jay and when Jimbo left and Willie came in, he saw kind of a smoldering deal and thought, ah, I can get that back up. He threw some logs on it. Well, he didn't realize how cool the fire had gotten at its core. Should have put some kindling on there. And it just didn't work. The logs ended up suppressing the oxygen. Fire got even lower and lower. And before you know it, we're basically left, we were basically left with a candle. That's where Mike Norvell came in. Candles don't burn that bright, and they don't burn for that long. He's trying his best to put the kindling on there and get this thing going. And I think in the Notre Dame game, you were starting to see sparks. And then the wind blew, and it was the Notre Dame game or uh, the Jacksonville State game, I'm sorry. And that was followed up by Louisville. And then that was followed up by yet another loss. And we're sitting there at 0-4 going, what the hell, man? This is worse than when we just had a candle. Then we saw that oxygen actually creates fire. I'm getting a little lost in the metaphor, but you get my point. And we saw that, okay, wait a minute. This stuff that, that this guy's been telling us is going to get this fire back to where we want it to be, 
it's actually starting to work, right? We saw it against Syracuse. We saw a team committed, even against Louisville, right? We saw a team play, garbage time or not, for four quarters and make what should have been a blowout a close game. Then we went on the road and we stomped a ranked opponent that had a Heisman contending quarterback that will probably be drafted pretty high this year and play a lot of football on Sundays. Then we went out there and unlike we used to do, we matched expectations against an undermatched team in, in UMass and we beat the hell out of them. And then we went out there against Clemson and we lost a close one. And it sucks. And there are things we could have done better and we could have won, but it doesn't mean that it was a failure because we didn't. And that's my overall takeaway is don't, again, let your desires become your expectations because the way the team played on Saturday, I'm proud of. I want it to be better. I'm hoping that now we have a little fireplace going and we can grow that, you know, going into next year and eventually get back to that bonfire but you got to start somewhere. And seeing a team that now, what, nine weeks in, one bye week, eight games, has, besides Jacksonville State, played all four quarters in every game, hasn't been going out there and starting people's Heisman campaigns, had the, caused DJ to have his fourth lowest QBR of the year. Caused DJ, by the way, don't like the deference we gave him, but this was his second worst rushing game of the year. His first worst, worst was Georgia. His third worst rushing game of the year was 34, I think 34, he was 34 total, so 24 yards better than this game was on the ground for him. The pieces are coming together and starting to build. Now, that's all well and good, but what does that mean for the future? Well, it means a couple of things. But before I give you that, guys, I got to tell you about betonline.ag. In fact, if you're a user of betonline.ag, uh, this weekend may not have been as much fun for you as some people if you had the uh, Seminoles at plus nine and a half, but that's why you got to get in early, right? I don't know. If you go to betonline.ag, they post the lines nice and early in the week. You could have gotten it at ten and a half on Tuesday. Then you would have won some money regardless of any fluky last-second touchdowns. Folks, you know we run our gambling episode with Danny Domino on Saturdays. Him and Drake chop it up. Every now and then I'll th- come in and give you guys a couple losers because I'm retired and I just kind of guess. But hey, it's fun. So make sure y'all go to betonline.ag. You sign up and use promo code locked on. They'll give you a welcome bonus, which is great. It's free money. And then when you win, your winnings can be bigger. And, you know, when you lose, well, you just don't talk about it. But either way, betonline.ag, tons of lines, live betting. They've got props. They've got, um, what's it called, alternate lines. If you feel like you really have a read on a game. So make sure you check out betonline.ag for all of your gambling needs. So I think that y'all have now gotten my takeaways and you've heard what I saw in the field. And my takeaways were a bit, you know, I gave you kind of my high level stuff. Now I'd like to give you, what does that mean for the future? And I'm going to give you sort of the immediate and the down the road, right? The, but you've kind of got my high level. I think we're headed in the right direction. So... Where do I see this team finishing the year? Well, we've got an NC State game this weekend. We've got Devin Leary coming up. He's a good quarterback. It's a team that beat Clemson, albeit in double overtime. And I try to stay away from the transitive property, right? They did this against this team. We did this against this team. Therefore, when we play, it should kind of look like this. That's that's not how I like to look at football games. I, I don't think it's a, a valuable or productive way to look at it. But, man. Eh. Why not, right? 
They squeaked one out against Clemson double overtime. We lost a heartbreaker at the end. There's no reason we can't beat this team. I'm not changing, in fact, my predictions at all. I think when you look at the last four games, you look at NC State, Boston College, Florida. I'm failing the test here. Just kidding. Miami. Sorry. You know, guys, I'm moving. There's a lot going on in my head, but I'm keeping it straight for you. Don't worry. So we play NC State. Then we go back home and we get to play uh, Miami again. Not again. We're home again playing Miami. Then we got to go on the road to finish out our season. Cold night in Chestnut Hill. And we have to go play in the Swamp. I think you find a way to win two of those games. I do. I think if this team keeps playing the way they play, you're going to be fine. You're going to win two games, and it's going to be a five-win season. I'll be in a weird five-win season. But go back to any preview episode. Yeah, we got ourselves hyped up on maybe they could pull off eight wins. But us, Nolcast, Wake Up War Chant, 24-7's on the bench. Uh, I don't know. There's a bunch of podcasts out there. Holly. Stacy, everyone and their mother said this is a five to seven win team with five probably being a little more likely than seven. And it looks like we're going to end up probably winning five games. Now, we didn't think it would go the way it did. We didn't think, you know, it would involve a Jacksonville State loss or a North Carolina win. But I think you're going to meet expectations. And if you can do that and you just showed you can be competitive against the team that has won this conference, what, the past six years in a row, well, I think that looks pretty darn good on the recruiting trail. I think you're seeing Jordan Travis develop. I will say, keep your eye on one thing this weekend. Where is Jordan Travis's mindset after a loss? Because we've seen him after a win against Syracuse, right? Come out and just obliterate North Carolina. Fast, loose, fun, smiling. Where's his head going to be after a tough one? Took a couple shots. Where's his body going to be? I think this week, more than any other week, of this season, or last season, so really his whole career, will tell us, can Jordan Travis be your quarterback of the future? Or are you really going to need someone else to get in here next year? Y'all know my vote on it mostly. I do think he could be a great quarterback. I think if he does one more year of placeholder duty, if Chubb is not ready, that opens it up for A.J. Duffy. But I think this weekend really will tell you that. How does he respond to adversity when he played what, in my opinion, is a great game, but it just wasn't enough to get it done. And a lot of blame all over social media is unfairly falling on him. So check that out. Let's see how we do the rest of the season. And then beyond that, look, I I think we're seeing a team grow. I think we're seeing a culture get built. And I think we're seeing a team start to believe in their coaching staff. And I'm interested to see how that works. Last thing, I said it last week. I mumbled it almost. But now I'm adamant. John Papuch just ain't the dude. This, for the future, that's a big takeaway for me. You cannot keep not catching punts. I mean, you gave up how many yards in that game to just letting the ball roll? Guys, someone's got to coach that up. And I I saw the quote from Norvell about, well, you know, they're rolling out and they're doing things with their punt and they're spraying it and they're making it difficult. Fine. Put two guys back there then. If they're that good at tricking your your receiver about where the punt's going to go and then sending it back the other way, put two dudes back there. Let someone fair catch that and save yourself 10, 15, 20 yards. It's, it's gotten inexcusable at this point. But overall, I'm happy with the way the team played. I'm sorely disappointed we didn't win. But I'm interested to see how we finish out these last four games because I think the team's headed in the right direction. I hope you all feel the same way because... It's going to be a fun end of the season regardless, and I am very much looking forward to it.
I'm your host, Max, and this was Locked On Seminoles. Don't have my guys to do anything, so go Knowles and take care, folks, or, you know, whatever the boys say.